Alrighty, it is Wednesday already, October the 26th. It's almost Halloween, but we are not there yet. You are back with Seminole Sideline 365. As always, I am KB, and to my left, right, depending on how you're, well, I don't know how video works, uh, is the old man, a.k.a. Bruce. He's still with us for another week. <laughs> always good to see. I, I don't know. Uh, never know. You know, when you get to uh, your 90s, you, you never know, uh, <laughs> you know if it's going to be your last show. So great to have you back, uh, Bruce, a.k.a. Old Man. How, how's it going on your end? Why am I always having the Lee Corso moment? Like you're always saying, Lee, this is his final season. You're like trying to remove me. There, well, the chant, that's how we get viewers. That's how no, we get the, viewers. No, the chant from the comments from the viewers is we like the old man. We like the old man. So I think that's, that's I think that's important. Doing I'm well here. I'm on the road. I'm on the road again. I'm on the road. We I'm on the road a lot. A lot of road games down here in Tampa, Florida. Beautiful weather. You know, really, really nice down here. All of a sudden, all the winter birds start flying in from Chicago, Minnesota, Wisconsin. You know, and then they come in and then they leave in March, you know, leave us to the summer. But we're the tough ones. We stay all season. How are you doing, man? I heard you had a little doggy incident with your couch. <laughs> I think you're going to bring that up on the show. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. What happened? What uh, it's happened? been an interesting, interesting week at the household, as as you uh, just mentioned. Uh, yeah. Had a uh, inter- interesting event with the dog where they uh, tried to rip up half my couch. Uh, but luckily, uh, you know, uh, that, that, that was averted, you know, if you, if you have more than one animal, you've, you've seen a lot of uh, awful things in your time, whether it's feces on the ground or, you know, dog peas in your bed or, you know, you know, you, you learn animals have given me more patience than I ever could have imagined or had three or four years ago. So, uh, no, it was, you know, they, they tore into the, the pillow or into the cushion of the, uh, sofa as I was cleaning the, the fabric on it. And it looked like a build a bear <laughs> workshop, uh, with, uh, scuffing everywhere. It, it was not a, it was WWE in your living room. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was not a great sight at all, but, uh, you know, you deal with it, you, you deal with it and, uh, you move, you, you move forward, you move hey, forward. It's it like having worse. three losses, right? You and deal well, with it. You can't change what's in the past, KB. You can't change, but you can change the future. The Noles Mike, coming off three losses. As Mike say, you you do you do the best with what you can control, and you know uh, I did the best with what I could control, which was clean up the mess. So that's what I did. That's what I did. The dog can't understand that I'm mad at him. So what am I gonna do? So, yeah. So uh, that was my uh, big uh, my big issue for the week. But other than that, we're we're good. The weather's nice here. It's Perfect fall weather, and uh, and I'm going to a football game this weekend, so I'm Where? excited. What football game? Uh, this weekend, I'm going down, I'm taking the train down to Raleigh to see NC State uh, against Virginia Tech. Um, so that Ooh. probably will be a blowout. We'll discuss this. You know, we'll do our yeah. picks of the week later on. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, Carter Finley's a, a really fun, a fun stadium to watch a game in. My friend, uh, our friends are down there, so we're going to go down there uh, and uh, do some tailgating Thursday night tomorrow. Nice uh, Thursday night football, and uh, yeah, should be a fun game. So uh, nice. yeah, looking forward to that. Hopefully, your couch will be okay when you get back. Well, <laughs> that's why I pay the center <laughs> for. So we'll, we'll 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 find out. We'll find out if they get paid or not. So okay, all righty, okay, zero and three, zero and three. The Knolls kick it off on Saturday. Yeah. Saturday noontime game suck weekend, right? They do. They do. And just, I think it's worth noting uh, before you go into the breakdown where we are in terms of our predictions for the season, because we're on the back half, the final five games, the, the final five games that I believe both of us think will make or break where this team stands. Like we knew that middle part of the schedule is going to be tough. And now they're kind of going to the, the schedule is a little bit leveling now in terms of the level of competition, you know, but now you play Syracuse, you have Syracuse is probably your remaining toughest threat on the schedule. They, they look, they look probably the most formidable. Everything else looks like very beatable um, and that you should win, but you never know. So let's go back to our predictions to begin the season. I'm going to pull up uh, yours to begin or uh, mine to begin with, or sorry, I'll pull up yours to begin with. Sorry, it takes the whole screen. Um, but this is what where we started the year. Uh, Bruce predicted eight and four. 
he had us losing to LSU, but beating Wake Forest. That's where his two standalone yeah. miscues are so far. Other than that, uh, you know, he's perfect. So right now, you're, you're perfect on your, your prediction so far in terms of the record-wise. Uh, in terms of the record. Hard. But yeah. you, you just had two games mixed up. Going into the back half, the back stretch here, you know, Georgia Tech, Miami, Syracuse, Louisville, Florida, you know, you have us winning this weekend and then losing only one of the remaining five games. So interesting to note there that you have us going four, four out of five, four and five, or four and one the next five games. Now we look at my side. I'm perfect so far. I had us losing all three games that we just lost yeah, to the yeah. ranked opponents on our schedule. Mm-hmm. Lose, winning at Virginia, uh, Georgia Tech, or winning mm-hmm. against uh, Georgia Tech, and then dropping both Florida contests. So I have us going three, three and five. Ooh. Uh, but still finishing the season at seven and five, which is, to my, in my eyes and a lot of people's eyes, that's progress. Um, but to your point, it, it would be losing the state of Florida. I think it would kill your recruiting, especially. If anything, this will be in Jody yeah, cheering on the Hoagies tomorrow. I will not be cheering for either team, but uh, I will be cheering for a great game and, and good alcohol. Um, but to the point, if we lose the state of Florida, if my prediction comes true, I think Mike Norvell's job is in trouble because this is the time to really capitalize on recruiting. Miami is floundering. In ter- they just lost again last weekend. They cannot buy a win right now. And they have a change at quarterback, too. Yeah, and Crystal Ball's already blaming the media and how they're getting covered. Like they, he said that he put their expectations way too high this season. Da da da, and he's already losing the media down there and fighting against them. And then you look at Florida, and they just haven't, they haven't looked like a good football club at all either. They 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 have no offense um, and no defense. They they just don't look like anything that anyone thought they would be either. And so this was this really was Florida State's chance if they can close out strong. This is their chance to really make up some ground in terms of recruiting the state really well. But this, and this makes these teams very dangerous to play. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's why I said in tweet tweets this week, the, the Florida, the Florida and the Miami game for the state championship, the pressure is now building on, on Mike Norvell to at least split that split that the, those games there no offense. It, 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 if he loses both he like great is a great it would be a great ring to win because they'll probably be ranked going in the matchup but no one cares if you beat syracuse and lose to miami but people do care no to beat florida that's and to you know. beat miami yeah. you know that that's where they really care if you're having a mediocre season anyways you're not going to the playoffs you're not going to the acc championship those two games are meaningful if you drop both of those games despite getting six wins and going to some crap bowl game. Yeah. What kind of season did you really have? And what, what did you really prove? And, and, and that's going to be difficult to swallow. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, I guess we have to bring it up because it's something you tweeted about and it was all across, you know, Florida state lost a commitment on the offensive line with Ron Kearney flipping to Florida which, you know, had been kind of coming for a couple of weeks. He had taken down stuff from Twitter, his commitment, pledge, stuff like that. I, you know, I know you went back and forth with a couple of people. I put one thing out there, you know, we share the account, but I put one thing out there is that I personally don't get too excited about these commitments anymore because, and you say it too, until someone either. signs, it doesn't right. really matter. And and then yeah. you know, the thing I said was, People are getting excited about Baxter, the, the 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 highly recruited running back who's committed to Texas. He's coming back to town, and they're trying to flip yeah. him to Florida State. It, it, this this cycle goes back and forth, and so you know, we lose a guy, we flip a guy, da, 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 and it just goes. It's a cycle. None of these things make any difference. If Florida State goes zero and five, if they go, if they lose three games in this back half stretch, a lot of guys are going to be flipping. So none of it really matters unless you take care of business on the field. If you pick air business on the field, I guarantee you the recruiting will take care of itself, even with NILs and stuff like that. But none of the stuff make it really doesn't matter until you play the games and win the games. And then things will and then once you get the actual signing day, because even winning games, it's still not guaranteed, but it helps in terms of how you can close out your recruiting class. Yeah, I'm not so I, I don't get I don't, too excited. I don't I've said this for a long time. I, I don't follow these these commitments that closely, there are guys that their job and paying the electric bill, you know, to fill media time and to fill dot coms and to fill airtime when they're on the air five times a day, they have to talk about this stuff Mm -hmm. because 
But we don't know anything about this offensive lineman that big. They always show the film of him decking some guy down the field. And we don't know who the kid was. Maybe he was some kid is no good. So he's blocking this guy down. We really don't know. So whether he flips or not, I don't get that excited. But when they, when we call it a commitment, the word commitment is is just loosely thrown around. Him. But I, so, I, we spent enough time on this yeah. already. And I, I just I don't know why anyone can get excited about recruiting anymore after the just what happened with Travis Hunter. I'm just gonna say it. Like when you had a guy who you thought was all in for couple how many couple years and then the day of signing day he flips like yeah. that that just totally killed my excitement for recruiting anyway. well like, well we care. also have this we also have a guy anymore. coming into doke on saturday jeff sims jeff sims was a guy all in leader of the class telling everybody to come to florida state and then boom out the door he goes yeah so it, yeah i think it's a couple things the same there it can be a player flipping it could be a, a coaching staff that says we don't want you anymore so it goes well, both ways and but that's the thing you yeah. don't know the dynamics are constantly changing and if you get excited every time a guy tweets right. or something yeah. i it would be exhausting if if i was like some of these guys i had to follow it and i know it's some people's jobs they have to do it they have because to do some it. fans follow it like, like they go crazy i have to see updates every day i just can't be like that it's too it's too yeah, exhausting it's, it's, and yeah. it's not meaningful to me in the long run until it's actual signing day you see who's on your staff on your hey, exactly exactly well we had a big uh they had a big bye week Noel's coming off three losses we're now we now are four and three overall mm-hmm. and uh two and three in the conference and um uh, they needed they needed the time off to reflect and they did and they went out and uh, got off campus a little bit. Some of them, uh, I know Dylan Gibbons went down towards the uh, Fort Myers area, helped distribute uh, some uh, uh, some support uh, money and support goods uh, to hurricane victims down there through his, uh, 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 his charity that he sponsors, along with Jordan Travis. I think they were in that together. Uh, so I want to give, yeah, them, both a a sh- uh, give them both a players. shout out there for a worthy uh, worthy cause. And I think it was time to take a deep breath for the Knowles. Uh, and then they got back to business this week. They got back to business. You know, I listened to Mike Norvell, you know, it's the same coaching one-on-one language for the most of it. The only updates that came out of this week is about Fabian Lovett. When is Lovett coming back? And it's still a question mark. He said, it's a, he's working out. He's in practice. You know, but he's not going to push him if it's not right. It's a game time decision for Fabian Lovett. But I have also said, I don't think Fabian Lovett's going to have that big an impact at this point. I think he's going to be tentative coming in for the next yeah. couple of games. If you want him for anything, I, I don't think they need him for this game. I think he's going to get in on some snaps and some reps this game. But I think he's going to be more likely really in heavier action in the Miami game. So that's what I see on him. Jared Verse, there was no real discussion. I saw Jared Verse. I assume he's ready to go. Yeah, I think it's an assumption he's ready to go. He's full speed. And this is where Jared Verse needs to make some tape. He needs to put some on tape. He needs to have a big game against Georgia Tech, rushing the quarterback. And he needs to have against uh, the Miami coming up. Those would be good, good games for him to start making a bigger impact. Because I don't think he's made that big impact this year. That's that's my personal opinion. I, I don't think uh, that's let me true. Think, I, I, I don't see how you can say, say well, that. Well, well, you can you can follow up in a minute. The guy has the most sacks on the team. Wait How's a minute. Not made an impact Wait a minute. Treshawn Ward, uh, I doubt you're going to see him in this game. He's no, coming he's, back into practice, but he's 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 really limited. So you're not going to see him. They also had some good words for Darius Washington, who's basically been a utility player. You know, he can play in various yeah. positions. And he's real close to getting a starting job. That was kind of the word coming out of the uh, Mike Norvell camp for this week. Norvell said he was excited about the energy level. People were being competitive, but he kind of says that every week. So I don't know what you take out of that. He says, guys want to get back and redeem themselves, get back on the winning track. And if you're going to get back on the winning track, this is the week. This is the week. You've got Georgia Tech coming in with an interim coach, interim coach. They're three and four overall. They don't really have any quality wins and they have a conference. They're two and three. They're second in the coastal. If you could believe that. They have a better conference record than we do. And here's the final point right now. As I look, they're a 24 point underdog coming in. And we'll talk about, we'll talk about that. 24 points. Yeah. 
It's yeah, it's late not to be close. It's late not to be close, which I don't think right. it should be. And, and we can dive into and late, that. One, yeah, one and more. later tonight, later tonight, in a few minutes, we're gonna have a special guest on. We're gonna have a special our special guest on, and that's Bryce Kuhn. He's gonna tell us more about this Georgia Tech team because that's who he studies. Yeah, and I uh, yeah, and, and before we get into the Georgia Tech breakdown, a couple of more notes. It was great to see that uh, C.J. Campbell's back in, in practice again. You know, we lost him you know, early uh, or right before, right in fall camp, I believe it was. So it's good to get another running back, uh, running back, back in the mix, at least practicing, because I think there were some good things that uh, we were hearing about him and, and to, and to lose Trayshawn. I, we're probably going to lose Trayshawn probably a couple of games uh, yeah. because he had surgery. So it's good to see Trayshawn or CJ coming back um, into that capacity. Um, but I do think it, one thing you brought up about Fabian Lovett, not to belager the point, I do think he's going to have an impact. I think just having his presence in the middle is going to make an impact. Probably, like you said, more so against Miami when he's not on much of a rep count, because I think there will be a rep count against Georgia Tech. Because so hopefully, because hopefully you don't need him as much as you will against Miami. But I think having him just as a presence in the middle to clog that uh, clog up against the run game is going to be massive. Even in some, because it's going to it's going to allow Jared Verse to do what he does on the edge. There's going to have to be more attention on the middle, and it's going to free up Jared Verse to do more of what he does. So I think having both of those guys healthy and available is going to make a massive impact on the uh, on what this defensive line can do as a, as a unit. Uh, so I'm excited about that, and I think we'll see a lot more. I'm hoping we'll see a lot more Jakai Douglas. We saw a little bit of him last week. He scored a touchdown, right? Right. And, right. and I think we'll see a lot more of him in the mix as, as one of these playmakers that's speedy out of the backfield. You can use him in multiple ways, and, and he catches the ball very well. So I'm excited to see how it, how they work him into the Georgia Tech game plan. Um, but with that, we do have our, our guest, as you just mentioned, uh, Bryce Kuhn. Uh, I'm going to bring him in. Uh, Bruce, if you want to give an a introduction to him, uh, I'll bring Bryce into the mix right now. Hey, Bryce. Good evening to you out there. Awesome. Awesome be with you guys tonight. Thanks so much for having me. Where you, where you, where you calling in from, Bryce? I'm uh, located in Columbus, Georgia, so about an hour and a half south of Atlanta. Yeah, that's near Fort Benning, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Military yeah, town see- indeed. I spent some time there back okay. a few years ago. I'm not an old man like this guy says, KB. <laughs> 90 is the new 70. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I spent some uh, real good years at uh, Fort Benning. I went to jump school there. I went to ranger school there. So That's back, awesome. uh, back a few years ago, Bryce. But listen, we're glad you're here. And Bryce, you correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you're you're a sports broadcaster. You're host of your own show, The Crowded Booth. We want to give a shout out to that. I mean, that's a great show. And anybody on here or sees our show should go over there and see uh, Bryce on there. You're also a Georgia Tech sports writer, and I think you're uh, you're affiliated with twenty four seven Sports. Or uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, yeah. So obviously from Columbus, Georgia, uh, we are just south of Atlanta. Um, but yeah, cover Georgia Tech for 24-7 sports. The GoJackets.com is our website. It's the affiliate site for Georgia Tech. And so everything from obviously football, men and women's hoops, and uh, we'll dabble in some baseball because as you guys know, yeah. uh, you know, Seminole fans and Tech fans, that's a nice little uh, rivalry that's starting to brew it over is. the past couple of years. So so a lot of fun with that and um, host my own show that's throughout the radio here in Georgia and Alabama. So a lot of fun. And uh, not a better time of the year, man. I keep telling people that. As a baseball fan, I'm a Braves fan. We're not in the World Series this year. Mm. It's okay. We can't have it every single year. I understand. <laughs> you do. You have had a lot but, of them. Uh, but I had a lot of them. But, you know, um, it's not a better time of the year, man, with, with all these sports heating up and getting into the heart of conference play as well. So uh, yeah. Georgia Tech obviously has haven't had the season that they love. Uh, but, you know. The past three games under the interim coach, two and one. So I think it's a lot better than a lot of people could have asked for. Well, that's what I, let me. I'll start off the 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 first round of questions, Bryce. You it. know, Let's we 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 pride ourselves on what we call no sugar, unfiltered, and raw, buddy. And you know, and I I watched some of your broadcast, and I think you're there too because you were saying, hey, whether you like what I say or no, some of you checked out. I like that. I think. I think that's one thing that the media sometimes, at least the beat reporters that have access to college coaches, mm-hmm. are somewhat afraid to go in and ask questions, you know, and, mm-hmm. and 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 we see that even with Coach Norvell. I'll be honest with you. When I watch some of those press conferences, I'm bored to tears. 
I'm bored to tears. <laughs> a lot of coach it, speak. It's a lot of coach speak. But beyond that, this football team that you have, they fired their coach. You fi- you guys fired your coach halfway, not even halfway through the season. Why was he fired so early? Mm. Yeah, well, look, first off, um, what we can take it back to last December. You know, Georgia Tech ended the regular season uh, with a combined 100 to nothing losses to Notre Dame and Georgia. Um, and listen, Notre Dame and Georgia are talented teams. Georgia won the national championship. Notre Dame is a perennial top 10 team. Not this year. Yeah. To, you know, not this year, but, but obviously last year under Brian Kelly was a, was a really good football team. Mm-hmm. So there's no shame in losing. It's the fashion and way they lost. Like the, the way that they lost those games, not acceptable. So the money was there for the buyout last year. A vote of confidence from the then athletic director, Todd Stansberry, bought him another year. And as we know now, it ultimately tied the future of Jeff Collins and Todd Stansberry together, which is why they were both let go the Monday, Sunday after the UCF game. But heading into this year, this was a program. It felt like, you know, all the chip, everyone was all in. The chips were in with a new staff, new offensive coordinator saying, this is it. This is a last ditch effort to save Jeff Collins' job. And I was just joking on another show about this. Whoever made the schedule to open up the year for Georgia Tech did Jeff Collins no favors. <laughs> Clemson in a neutral site. You get to play Western Carolina. Ole Miss at home, like Lane Kiffin, one of the best offensive minds in college football. Yep. You know, you lose that one. UCF on the road, which, look, that that's a tough place to go play for a the lot of house. teams. Yeah. The bounce mm-hmm. house is tough. So, mm-hmm. you know, the reason that he was fired was not because of the losses. I don't think that you could have asked, I'll say this, a rational, a rational <laughs> Georgia Tech fan. Or if you would have asked me at the beginning of the season, I didn't think they'd make it through that gauntlet with more than one win, truthfully. You know, uh, the, mm. you know, even counting Pitt at the time. Um, I thought they could beat Western Carolina. I didn't feel confident about Clemson, Ole Miss, and UCF. And that was widely regarded kind of the national opinion. Mm. But it's the way you lost those games. Clemson, you you had a chance. And that, you know, people are going to look back at week one and say, man, Clemson trounced Georgia Tech. They did, the final score, 41 to 10. But if you watched that game, Tech was in that game halfway through the third quarter. It was a 10 or 11 point game before Clemson ultimately ran away with it. You go to the Ole Miss game, not even competitive. Guys, they looked like a, they seriously looked like an FCS team playing. I mean, that's what it looked like. And, uh, you know, I have an interesting audience of Tech fans because I am brutally honest about it. I think you have to be brutally honest. I love that. I love that. Love that. And then the UCF game, a very winnable football game. But, guys, the fourth blocked punt in four games, it was, uh, you know, changed the whole dynamic of that game. Mm -hmm. So the reason that Jeff Collins was fired was not because that he lost this season. It was the way that he lost. Yeah. You can't accept that anymore as a program. And like I said, Todd Stansberry tied his future together with Jeff mm-hmm. Collins. And as we've seen, um, the powers that be made a tough decision. It's, look, it's not just get rid of the coach, but when you fire the AD and the head coach on the same day, I don't know. If, I, I truly I truly don't know if we've seen something like that in college football in a long time. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. The, the yeah. magnitude of that move, how rare it is, um, it's huge. And so, you know, it's been done, and that you know we'll get into this probably, but the team has responded well. I've been very impressed with the way they've responded since that day. Interesting. Very interesting. I'm gonna, uh, let me ask one other question, and I'll turn it over to KB here for his uh, uh, questions. Uh, a lot of times the success of a coach is tied to the quarterback position mm-hmm. to win games. To, you got to produce points, you got to possess the ball, and you got to score in the red zone. Now, Florida State – is, is rebuilding. We call it the climb here. It's the climb. And it was about being competitive, just what you talked about there. You know, first you get big, you get beat big, then you're getting beat small, but you're competitive. But being competitive, you could still lose every game. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's true, but you're in every game. But the quarterback position is very important. Where do you see – you? T- Jeff Sims was coming to Florida State. He yeah. was a – going to be the leader of that class that was coming in. Then he flipped out. We won't get behind what he did. I don't really care what happened there. Is Jeff Sims the quarterback that you need there at Georgia Tech? And will he play on Saturday? 
I'll answer your second question first. Will he play on Saturday? And then it'll be easier for me to kind of tie in that first question. Sims practice today, Wednesday, in pads. It's the last padded practice of the week. Uh, and that's huge. Uh, they, they need that. Yeah. Um, this was an injury that dated back to a couple of almost a month ago now to the pit game. Mm. where he originally injured it there. Now, from what we're going to understand, it's a foot injury that cannot get any worse. And so what I mean by that is he cannot injure specifically what happened any worse than it already is. Mm -hmm. It's a pain tolerance. And it's one of those things that as fans, you know, we sit here and say, well, just take a cortisone shot. Suck it up. You know, rub some dirt on it. <laughs> and that's it easy up, to man. say. That's up. easy to say from yeah. the comfort of my couch or the comfort yeah. of this chair. Yeah. But what it's not easy to do is – is have a 275-pound outside linebacker bearing in on you, a 320-pound defensive tackle coming at you with that type of in injury. Yeah. So I, th I think really where we're at with him is it's 50-50. He could play on Saturday if he can tolerate the pain, but how effective will he be? And so going into is he the quarterback they need, I think you have to ask yourself, is a 70% Jeff Sims better than what you have behind him? And I don't, I don't know. You know, I think that for Jeff Sims to be effective, he's going to have to run the football against yeah. Virginia. They didn't have a lot of designed runs. He can't really run the football like you want him to. So if he's not doing that, what are you really getting out of your offense? So I think that's when it has to, you have to say, can you scheme and turn the keys over to the backup, which is a whole other story right now. I know you guys saw the clip. Yeah. Uh, running out of bounds against Virginia. <laughs> it's a whole other story. Uh, we'd have to do a whole other live show right after this <laughs> to talk just about that. Can you scheme for the backup? And you better be ready to do that. And I was that's what I was unimpressed with last week. They mm -hmm. weren't ready for that. You have you guys know this. If you want to be in a, a great college football team, you have to have a plan in place, a plan B, a plan C. That's what yeah. great college coaches do. Great offensive coordinators do that. Yeah. They didn't do that. And so uh, is Sims the guy? I think he's going to have to be. If they want to have any success the rest of the season, he, he's going to have to be your guy. He, you're stuck with it right now. Um, the whole Jeff Sims story is an interesting arc at Georgia Tech. It's a very interesting one to see how it plays out. Well, and, and to that point, and you bring up great points, is what is this interim coach's goal, right? You guys have mm – -hmm. you guys had three wins. You have five games to go. You have, you know – Three more, you get to a bowl game, right? Are they playing for a bowl? Is Georgia Tech, in your mind, playing for a bowl game? Are they playing to evaluate what they have on the roster? Is this is this interim coach playing? Uh, you know, is he looking to get a permanent job? Is, is he trying to manage his roster so that if he gets to a bowl game, he he's a potential candidate for this job, right? Like mm -hmm. in your mind, because I see potentially two wins on, on, on the rest of the way. You guys got UNC, you got Georgia. Hmm. I'm going to count those as losses. Yeah. Uh, but but you have Miami and Virginia Tech. Those are two winnable, very winnable games for for any team, honestly. Uh, and then us, I, I do see, I, I do believe, and we can talk about this, but I, I do believe we should beat you all just based on talent, mm -hmm. scheme, everything. But it, it could go either way. We've seen this matchup go sideways many different times in, in the history of it. So, is do you think that the interim coach and staff are playing? Obviously, play to win the game, uh, as the phrase goes. But do you think that they're playing to? see what, what they have left on this roster in terms of freshmen and, and scheming around that, or are they playing to, or playing to say, let's we're going for, we're going for six win. No matter who we have to play, we have to play Justin's hurt. We're going all the way forward. Even if he's at 70%, what in your mind is the goal right now for the season? Uh, and like you said, obviously the coach speak answers, we're going to play every game like to win it. Yeah. You got to be realistic. I mean, you mentioned it, the North Carolina Georgia game. I, I don't, I mean, <laughs> I've sold fans. I'll shave my head live on show if that happens. If you beat Georgia at the end of the year, I love I'll do that. it. A little incentive. A little yeah, you incentive. Know, I love that, Bryce. I'm putting a $500 donation it. to Tallahassee. Let's do it. No, not for you, but for for Coach Norvell if he beats Florida and Miami. I'm putting up 500 bucks. I love it. So, But I love that. That's great. Yeah. Go ahead. So going into this, I do believe they're playing – you know, to, to go to a bowl game. Because if you beat if you beat Virginia, I'd argue yeah. you were really well yeah. set up to go to yeah. one. I mean, yeah. that was the must-win game to, to yep. do that. And so um, I still think they are. I mean, they, it's taken a hit, and it's going to be a lot harder. Yeah. Um, if they could find a way to beat Florida State this Saturday, which is going to be hard. I mean, mm -hmm. if they could find a way to do that, uh, it'd be huge. I think it is all hands on deck because you have a lot of – 
you still have a lot of veterans. Like there's still some really young talent, yeah. but there's a lot of experienced talent. And yeah, you know, the COVID year's throwing a wrench. So you see a guy's a sophomore, but he's been there for like yeah. seven years. Yeah. You know, it's, it's who, who knows anymore. Yeah. Like um, Sam Hartman, right? The guy's exactly. been there for like 10 years. I mean, he's, you know? he's been there since I was in elementary school. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, you know, you start to see some of these things kind of fall into place. And I think after the wins against Pitt and Duke, the team started to believe. Now, it yeah. took a hit last Thursday. It really did. Mm-hmm. But they said, if we can go on in, on the road and beat a pit team that, you know, has made some other teams look pretty bad this year, yeah. wh- why not? I think it's more of a why not us kind of mentality. And they embodies what Brent Key is as the interim head coach. He's, I, I, I always I use the two monikers right here. It's a blue-collar, bring-your-lunch-pail-to-work type of mentality. It's sure. We know – I think they – they'll never say this. This is my thing. They know they're not going to be the most talented team that rolls into Tallahassee, or really probably the most talented team on paper outside of Virginia Tech that's going to roll into a game the rest of the year. Sure. But if we show up, if we do what we do, if we execute, let's let let the cards you know lay as they may, and let's see what happens when the final whistle blows. Let's see what happens, and I think that's kind of the moniker of this team. Um, they still got a lot of fighters, and they got some talent. It's can they execute and play well? Well, they've got a, they've got a lot of motivation being a 24 point underdog right now which yeah. is almost should be bulletin board material for them yeah. to say they these these people don't even respect you down there mm-hmm. and, and that, I think they were a 22 point uh, underdog yeah. to pit when they beat wow. pit I think they were a 22 wow. pit underdog yeah. um so we'll see we'll see how yeah. it rolls and do you think? And do you think this coach? Uh, I, I I think it's interesting. Um, Angel Cabrera is actually the former um, president of my university. I went to actually George Mason, so there mm-hmm. is that connection to Georgia Tech um, uh, there, which I find interesting. I actually forgot he had left us for you guys. Um, but uh, <laughs> the announcement of Alengo, Jeff Collins, and stuff like that um, for the interim coach. Do you think that? he actually does have a shot at becoming interim, or do you think they're going to make an outside hire no matter what happens with this? It's all about timing. If you would have asked me this a week ago, I would say, yeah. I said, look, this team's won two straight games. Uh, They love him. They've embodied him. He's a tech guy. He played for George O'Leary as an offensive lineman. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he understands what it means to be at Georgia Tech and the challenges that come along with that. Um, You know, since then, they've hired an athletic director. Since then, they've lost on national TV in – guys – horrific fashion that was the worst college football game <laughs> i have so ever funny. watched and listen i went and i, I i'm repping them right now i went to a division three school in northwest georgia and that game last thursday was the worst football game i have ever watched my cousin had a peewee football game last week it was the worst game i have ever seen no you you didn't go to my grandson's game the very first peewee game they got blown out 75 to nothing they stopped the game in the third quarter at least there's points. Yeah, at least was points. I mean, so it's all about timing. And yeah. at this juncture, I think they go outside and look. Okay. I think that you have to be more concerned with Key might be the right option for this group of players. Sure. He might be able to carry you for a year or two. But it's time to stop thinking like that. You have to, if you want to compete in today's age of college football, you have to mm-hmm. think years ahead. Because mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing, and we don't like to talk about it, you know, ACC people, the SEC's doing it. The Big yep. Ten's doing it. Yep. It's time for this conference and these people to start thinking like that. You have to have that mentality. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think they go outside. They try to find something that can set themselves up for success well beyond maybe into the twenty, you know, late 2020s, late 2030s. you got to find your guy. So many programs have found their fit. Kansas, Lance Leipold, all these yes. guys have found yes. their guy. It's time – Georgia Tech fans should say it's time for us to find our guy. Let me roll this hotbed too. Like Georgia is a state that if you like you said, if you find the right guy, oh, yeah. you you you're in a hotbed of talent. My my only thinking is, was Jeff kind of set up to fail a little bit in terms of and it was his choice too, is to switch away from that offensive scheme, which you know is hard to you know, you recruit for you have those type of players, mm-hmm. right? In that triple option set, and he had to make that dramatic shift of finding new players that fit that scheme Like did he almost set himself up to fail, or was he still? Do you, you know they said did he have enough time to get his players in da, 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 to run his? Do you agree with that, or do you think it was his? Oh, he almost set himself up to fail with not of trying to dramatically shift the offense away from it. I know you kind of have to rip that bandaid off at some point if you want to, like you said, advance the program in a way that. But uh, I, I would like to get your thoughts on this because you do cover the program. Do you, do you 
what, what are your thoughts on shifting away from that offense? And do you think he he almost he had to he had to be the one that made them step away from that offense so someone else could su- succeed in the future of it. I say it all the time. He had to be the sacrificial lamb. There you go. Okay. Whether there, the, yeah. to me, there was nobody that was going to have success in his position. Now, there were a lot of things now in year four that pro- that should have been better. And things sure. in year three that should have been better. Sure. But but I don't think outside of Nick Saban, <laughs> you know, or, or someone, I don't know anyone that really could have been successful in that transition. It was a big one. What yeah. do you know? What do you what are you hearing about Alex Atkins, our offensive coordinator Ooh. and O line coach, as as being interviewed there at all, or at least his agent being in touch? Yeah, I'll say personally, I think it, it they the phone call has to be made. You know, I think it has to be to his agent. Um, Atkins is a guy that I know Florida State fans love. Um, you know, they, yeah, they love do. what he is. They love yeah. his makeup. Yeah. I think whatever, if it's not Georgia Tech, he's going to take over, whether it's a group of five or a power five program one day, and he's going to do a great job. Like, I just think there's certain guys you see in that role that it's like he has the mental makeup and the awareness to surround himself with some good staff, and he's well-respected enough to do it. Yeah. A lot of guys say, yeah, I know i got to have a good staff, but do people like you? And I think people like Alex Atkins. And mm-hmm. so, you know, specifically for Georgia Tech, I think right now, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Georgia Tech's going with the search committee, which, you know, I don't, I don't love it, but that's how Georgia Tech does things. I yeah, think most do, a, though. Most universities. Most do. do that. Yeah, most do. So it'll be interesting if phone calls placed there. I think that they would be wise to, whether the phone picks up, whether Atkins wants the job. I don't know, uh, but I think that the phone call, he's a guy that you have to identify and say, hey, let's at least give a phone call. Like, make him say no. Make him say, you know what, I'm really happy where I am. I want to spend some more time, or this is just not the right fit for me at this time. Let me give you one more name. I know it's going to be. I, I think you already probably if know you what's going to be. If you think you're going to say. No, prime time. <laughs> prime time. Listen. No, whoa, 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 whoa. You probably heard the name a thousand whoa, times. Whoa, but... whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. My face whoa, is getting whoa. red. Wait, wait, listen. Now, listen, I've been putting out on our channels a lot. He's going to get a call and he's going to get a job in the power five. Okay. Could this be the right job and the right pick for Georgia tech? I mean, okay. So let's take a look at it from tech's perspective. Yeah. Like why wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you want to do it? Okay. Now let's take a look. So I, I think it's 110% from tech's perspective. Let's, let's do it. Let's, I mean, just blank check. Let's roll. Let's let do it. <laughs> Atlanta loves them. You'll have yeah. all the Braves and Falcons fans. Brandy would be amazing. The the It'd be unreal. I mean, Waffle House would <laughs> even more. I mean, and, I you'll, get Travis <laughs> and you'll get three Travis all-star specials for everybody. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. so but let's flip it. I don't think it makes sense for him. No. Because the two things, and so I, this, is, this is where I flip from opinion to having heard these things. The two caveats that will keep him from taking the tech job. Now, I agree with you. He's going to get some Power 5 offers. And I'll tell you this, Auburn is a team to watch because Auburn is going to unload the bag on somebody because yeah. they can't afford not to compete. Yep. They can't afford. Yeah. The SEC's serious business. They that can't afford race. not to compete with Alabama yeah. and Georgia. Yeah. But for Georgia Tech, it's financial, where they are financially. They're not there. Mm-hmm. They can't commit financial numbers to what they want to do with what he would want to do in that city. And two, the academic limitations. Yes. People yeah. blow this out of the water and say, no. it's not a big deal. No, no, it is. When every single student has to take a calculus class, it's a big deal. <laughs> it's Listen, tough. It's tough. I'm serious. Georgia that Tech has, and I've heard this, uh, I, one of my best friends played quarterback for Georgia Tech, and I've heard this on good authority. Georgia Tech has academic limitations that make it different from Vanderbilt, Stanford, Northwestern. Those are pretty high academic power yes, five programs. But, and, they, and, and in varying ways, they've all seen success over the past decade. Sure. You know, Vanderbilt, not now, but under James Franklin, you know, went to a pair of bowl games, won eight games twice. Yeah. Right. So all of that to say, I think it makes sense from Georgia Tech's perspective to pick up the phone, to go down to Jackson, Mississippi, and figure out. I do not think it makes sense for Deion Sanders to walk into Atlanta and do that job at Georgia Tech. I, I don't – That that's the only reason. So, Bruce, seriously, it didn't mean to come on your show and say, no, boo you. <laughs> but I'm saying I don't believe from his perspective it would make sense to walk in a situation. I don't so, want him in the conference unless he's at Florida State, so I totally agree yeah. with you. Don't, yeah. don't, don't you know, but you, but you look at it this way, and I don't want to spend any more time on this, but you look at it this way for from a Dion standpoint. He could come into Georgia Tech, get a boatload of cash, okay? Bring in bring in some of his best guys through the portal, 
right? Bring, uh, let's just say. I don't think that. And all bring in his son to, to play quarterback. Well, bring yeah. in his son to play quarterback. Bring in Travis Hunter if he's going to be any good. Who knows? But whatever. Bring in some of his key guys. And all he has to win. Now, you can shut me down on this if I'm mm-hmm. wrong. All he has to win is eight games every year and go to a bowl game. But he doesn't have to win the national championship at Georgia Tech. And I, now let me let me finish, guys. Let me finish on this. There are certain programs in this country, and we're getting we're, we're tiering now. We're getting into mm-hmm. tiers that a UCF is not going to be a national contender every year. They're just not going to be. I call them stepping stone programs. Yeah. You're lucky. The guy at Wake Forest, they are lucky to keep coaches there as long as they do, because basically they've always been a stepping stone program. Mm-hmm. I don't disrespect Georgia Tech. To me, they are a stepping stone program. Deion Sanders comes in, wins seven or eight games, maybe nine. Does that two or three years? He's created <laughs> a next platform for himself. So I'll say this. You're exactly right. I believe there are stepping stone programs. But by, in my opinion, by default, if you bring in Deion Sanders – that would change you being the a stepping stone program. I think it would change the expectation too much. So if he goes there and wins eight games, it's like, well, I thought Deion Sanders was supposed to be a miracle worker. You know, and so, you know, it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation. It's been had yeah. a lot. Um, right. Yeah, I don't and know. I, You've made I, me upset, Bruce. You've made me upset. <laughs> and I think to Bryce's point. Good. That's what we like. <laughs> Georgia Tech is a stepping stone program because of those those limitations they have. Mm. Both the academic it where is. you have to, you know, they have different – a lot of Florida State players couldn't play at Georgia Tech or academically right. maybe be eligible to play at Georgia Tech and stay eligible. For and a lot of programs, you couldn't do that. It's sort of like – And it doesn't forward. speak to the kid. It doesn't no, speak no. to the kid either. I and I, 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 those I, courses. I, yeah, like, yeah. It's a whole other level of – yeah, it's a whole other level of academia. Like, like you said, it mm-hmm. doesn't speak to the level of the kid. It's just tough. And, yeah. like, it's hard to get in. Like, you have to be a superior student athlete, student – athlete in high school just to get into that level right mm-hmm. and so i think those are self-imposed limitations just the institution of georgia tech where they can't get to that next level because it's tough unless you're like a wake forest that yeah somehow and i don't know what the academic comparison between georgia tech and wake forest may be or even duke and the success they're having this year under mike elko i mean yes, that's exactly. that's a really really good comp you know wake forest has found their guy and i'll say this about it yeah. wake forest found dave clausen and they've held on to him like you said bruce yeah. it's really rare they do that right. it's time if you're georgia tech to go find your guy you got to find a developer a guy of like talent you don't need mm-hmm. a guy like Dion who just can find transfers you need a guy that can develop yeah. raw it's totally like that gems. kd he can find the two it's... stars and turn them into mm-hmm. three and four stars I don't think Dion has shown he can do that. He just grabs five stars to FCS and dominates. We don't yeah. know what he can do development-wise. I realized what, I'm on a Florida State podcast, and he grabbed that five-star <laughs> that Florida State fans <laughs> really, really wanted. Exactly. Okay, true, right? here's the reality. We do here's not the reality, know what Bryce. he can do as a coach developmental-wise. I think it's a huge risk if anyone takes him at a mm-hmm. major FBS program. When do you think they're going to make the decision, do Bryce? Well, when someone, make the decision? End of the season? So – this can, can this interim coach, can he, can, can coach keep, can, if he wins out, is he the guy? How do you turn that guy down oh. if he wins out, which is not going to happen. It's not if he happen. beats Georgia, I'll yeah. have a shaved head <laughs> and he will be paraded around the state. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, no, but okay. seriously in this. Yeah. They're going to wait to the end of the season, right? For they'll wait to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. They'll wait to the end of the season publicly. Now, what they're not yeah, going to do right. is they're going to have a name in mind, in my opinion, before Thanksgiving. Because yeah, okay. you have to, because at that point, you're two to three weeks before an National Signing Day. Yeah, you right. can't wait kids in limbo. We, I mean, we've, we reported it today. They've got two kids that have decommitted in the past 48 hours. You can't well, take okay. that risk well, that's right. of that. That's so, right. That's right. I, you know, talk with some people privately. They're going to be able to go to certain recruits and say, hey, this is who the next head coach is. Okay. And then – you know, probably the Monday after the Georgia game. I don't right. foresee them going to a bowl game. The Monday after the Georgia game, they'll name the new head coach, and now everyone publicly can, you know, feel good about where they are. And you can leak it to us. Anything you want. <laughs> yeah, we'll that's fine. We'll, we've yeah. got nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – yeah, Deion we'll Sanders. do that for sure. Yeah, <laughs> Deion Deion okay. Why not? Just Here's throw it reality. up there. Let's flip up to reality again. And this is how does Georgia Tech beat Florida State on a Saturday? You're ranked – you're uh, – your number 125 FBS, 125 in offense. 
Yeah. Pretty bad offense. One twenty-five. Pretty bad's around seventy-five. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. god off. You're one twenty-five. <laughs> Defensively, you're eighty-fourth. Mm. How do you, how do you match up with us? We're at number twenty-six on offense and number twenty-six on defense. If you can believe that. But how how do you win this game? Is it turnovers? Is it a wet ball game? It looks like a cloudy day. I give my talented weather report later, but. How do you win this game? I mean, turnovers obviously have to be there. You have to create chaos. Um, you know, the numbers are a tad bit misleading defensively, and I'll say this why. I saw an updated defensive rankings um, since week five, week six, and really it gets into when Brent Key took over, Jeff Collins left. Guys, this defense has been really good. Like, yeah. Georgia Tech's defense has been very, very good since Jeff Collins is gone. Now, because of the caveat, Pitt, you know, they're running back um, – Izzy, whatever his last name is, really good running back that they pit has, got hurt in the game against Georgia Tech. That obviously took a lot away. Uh, Duke, you know, Duke beat the brakes off of Miami, and Georgia Tech limited them to 20 points. And it was not until late in the game. It was only 13 offensive points. So the defense has played better. The, The scary part of this game for me is I do not believe that Georgia Tech's offense has the ability to help out its defense enough to win this football game. And, and and any game, honestly, for the rest of the way. Without Jeff Sims at quarterback, I don't think they could do that. Now, if he's playing, it, that changes some things. I know the line was like 24 points, I think we were talking yeah, about earlier. 24. That is insanely, is insanely high like, to me. But yeah. have you watched a Georgia Tech offense without Jeff Sims? It may not be that insanely <laughs> high. Like that's, that's, that's how a lot of the fan base feels. And so – We'll see what happens. We'll see how it you know transpires in the field on Saturday. But one, you got to create chaos. Two, you're going to have to make a big step special teams play, whether that is a blocked punt, something that can take the wind out of the sails of Florida State. And then look, when they went down there and beat them in 2020, you know it wasn't the best weather. It was kind of some nasty weather. I'm pretty sure they had a lightning delay uh, yeah. in that game back in 2020. So you're going to have to have a couple of breaks. Um, and then the last thing we'll get kind of to the schematics wise, the two games they've won under Brent Key, they've averaged over four and a half yards a carry. The mm. one game they lost, I think they were at 1.9. If they can establish the run, they'll have a chance. Here's how you can win the game. I'm going to give you the secret and you can I'll take it back coach. to the team. Here, here it is. Here it is. He definitely is- after my show has me on speed. Dial. I'll tell you that. <laughs> this is, this is how you win the game, Bryce. You sneak a uniform into Chris Winkie and you suit him up. Okay. He's the quarterback's yeah. coach, I know, but you know, suit him up. Chris Winkie knows how to beat Florida State. He could probably he maybe he won't run that ball out of bounds. I mean, that's <laughs> how he, and here no, he doesn't run at all. So he's not gonna make it any out of bounds. Here's the other way. You keep this game so close that we have to trot our field goal kicker out there. Fitzpatrick, you know, Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Ryan Fitzgerald has struggled. Now, this week, Coach said he's had a great week of practice and he's ready to go. But if you keep it close and it comes down to a field goal, you're going to have a chance. Those are the two oh, keys. Well, I, and I think to Bryce's point, if they can't establish the run, we, we've been gutted up the midline yeah, we like have the last one. three weeks. We and have that's where Fabian Lovett's been missing. If we get him back this week, on a, even on a limited snap count, and that makes a difference. Like you said, if we can hold your run game to below 4.4 yards per carry, especially in the middle, I think it's a different ball game. And that's how. And, and that, and, but if we allow that, that opens up the playbook, right? You guys are to run, allow Jeff to get comfortable, you know, because he can balance the playbook. I think that's the difference, right? But if we shut that down mm-hmm. early and don't want you guys to admit, force him to have to sit back there and allow our defensive line to, to collapse on him, I think it's it gets, it's it's an early route. And I'll flip it, if you don't mind, defensively, if, if you want something with this, because I think this is important. I'm nervous about the ability in the passing game that Florida State has. I don't know that Georgia Tech has been introduced to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you could say – I mean, Clemson doesn't have a – didn't have a strong passing game in week one. I don't, still don't feel like they have a very no. good one. Ole Miss, surprisingly, guys – is the number one team running the football in the country. Like, that's mm-hmm. what they do well. Mm-hmm. They, they can throw it, but we saw when LSU, who you guys are familiar with, made them throw the ball, Ole Miss lost. Yeah. I don't think this team has really been tested through the air. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, you got to remind me, I had so many notes. What's the big receiver Johnny for Wilson. you guys? Jo- okay, he scares Six, seven. me. Yeah. yeah, so he scares me because how do you match up with him? And it's not just one guy. 
You know, a lot of teams you say, we take him out, let someone else beat us. I think Florida State's – I've said this to our fans, and we've got a preview show coming out on our podcast um, on Monday – on Friday. This Florida State team is way better than the record indicates, just in my opinion. And I might be hyping, you know, the Florida State fans. I, I think they are. I think they've kind of – they're improved from last year. Mm-hmm. You know, I think oh, you yeah. can say that. Uh, yeah. I, I no, think they have. <laughs> we could discuss they, that later. No, they, they have. They, they could I, have one or two. I've actually got to play games, right but yeah. that's a different story. You, yeah. you have to. You're right. Yeah. But I think that, you know, um, they're, they're trending – from a national perspective, they're trending in the right direction is where you want to go as a program. Sure. Like, I think that they've made some strides. So I think the fact that, you know, we've had a lot of fans in Georgia Tech said, well, there, you know, they've lost three straight. Uh, yeah, but have you seen who they lost to? Like, it's not like they're losing to, you know, Mother Mary's School of the Blind. I mean, this is – they're playing some really good quality competition. Now, yeah. you could also argue they should have won a couple of those games. 100%. So I think that in going into this game – already kind of as a, you know, having a, you know, licking your wounds after an embarrassing national TV loss. I don't think it's, you know, a lot of fans have a confidence in this going game I, that I don't necessarily have. I, those things worry me. And like you're talking about, the passing game for Florida State, Tech's about to enter a stretch of games that, you know, I think it's Florida State, North Carolina, um, even Miami to an extent. We'll see what Jake mm-hmm. Garcia can do. And then obviously yeah. Georgia into the year. Those are teams that can throw the football. And so what does it look like in those games? And it starts on Saturday. Well, well the other thing you have to account for now, you're going to see Jordan Travis run the football more. Yeah. Okay. That, he's a, he's mm-hmm. a triple threat type of guy. He's going to start opening up a little bit more with his legs. Yeah. We feel like this year he tried to establish himself as a passer because it was only known basically as a runner yeah. and he had happy feet. He now is confident in throwing the ball, but he will also take off and get big chunks of yardage on the run. Mm-hmm. So he has to be accounted for. It, it's yeah, it's been something all over the cloud past couple of weeks that it's it's either being built into the game plan now or it's now he's willing to do it because, like you mm-hmm. said, the first three or four yeah. weeks he would not run the ball. But now and that's big. A yeah. willingness to run is yes. totally oh, he's different than to an ability to run. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It really he's, changes he's a lot of things. Yes. Bryce, we've asked you a lot of questions tonight. Do you have any questions for us that you think your fans would be interested in? I do. A serious question and a not-so-serious question. The serious question is, what's the best place to go drown your sorrows in Tallahassee? Because the fans are going to need that after this game, I think. Madison Social. <laughs> it's it's got to be Madison Social. Yeah, it's Madison important. Social. You can walk to the stadium from it. they got every drink yeah. you can ever think of. And, yeah, and, uh, perfect. Got the, uh, That's the strip Friday night, Friday night. They'll have a uh, a big tailgate party there. You know, this they always mm-hmm. have a big band there, uh, and uh, it's a good good time. Madison Social, Madison Social. So we'll make Madison sure to social. let the fans know that. And then, in a real question, you know, what is the perception? And, and I know KB, you were kind of getting to this a little bit of Georgia Tech from Florida State. I think that's something that we, you know, as Georgia mm. Tech, me covering Georgia Tech, and for the fans, what's the perception of where this program is? Because I think that you and I are on the same wavelength. I need you to deal a little bit of dose of realistic, you know, expectation of where this program is right now as a whole. Not, you know, in this game, but just as a whole. I'll give you what my perception is. As like our fan base is very overconfident against any opponent. Last three weeks, NC State, Wake Forest, Clemson. We're gonna beat the hell out. We're gonna beat them. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna win. We're they're talking. Tra- FSU Twitter, as you probably know, is probably like the biggest menace to society that you, you know, for college football. Hey, you're right. gonna take away all our viewers, man. <laughs> Jeez, okay, yeah, no, well, no, it is no, what it is. But it is. But it it's is a very, you know, I love the comments, but I hate it because mm-hmm. it's sometimes it's unwarranted, and I just get frustrated because it's just like nothing's guaranteed this team has not played well enough to guarantee this confidence and i don't know right. where it comes from like right. we have played so inconsistently right that i i don't know why we thought we could be wait for it just without even stepping on the field yet same thing mm-hmm. with nc state same thing with clemson not this this confidence comes from nowhere and so against georgia tech it's kind of the same thing it's like they fired their coach jeff sims is hurt he's a traitor like we're gonna beat you know we're gonna beat the brakes off of them and i come to this game thinking no game on our these last five games are not guaranteed none of these games is a cakewalk mm-hmm. even against bc i didn't think it was going to be a cakewalk and we you know we beat the brakes off of them but as a fan of florida state i think i take no one on our schedule for granted and that includes georgia tech i think they have the team they have the talent to be able to pull up an upset because we've seen in the past i think our fan base though is expecting this to be a 24 plus point victory mm-hmm. just to be honest with you just because mm-hmm. there is this confidence that I'm not sure where it comes from. Um, 
but there's this confidence that we have the better talent. We're going to come on the field. We're going to show it. And, and we're just going to steamroll them. I think gotcha. that's yeah. not my thoughts. That is no. most of the I, thoughts. Okay. And I, I'll agree w- with most of what KB said. I think that this team is, uh, uh, is hyped, has been hyped from, from fall camp through by our local beat reporters and media, the Florida state media. I really do. Mm-hmm. I'm being honest with it. I think it was hyped in a lot of different areas. Uh, I think that was part of the problem, but this team is not in a position to overlook any team that they play, no. including Georgia Tech, for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. they could. They could. I. I believe Florida State's going to win this game. I don't know if they're going to win by twenty-four points or ten points or three yeah. points. I think they're going to win this game. If they don't win this game, this coaching staff's in trouble. Okay, mm-hmm. this coaching staff. We're on a fence line. It's a narrow line of the fans totally buying in at this point they still buy into coach norvell and the staff and i do believe they're working their asses off personally so. they are working their asses off yeah you would hope and, so yeah, that, yeah that, you, that's you why hate, so. he says these things however, like oh, they're working their asses however off. that's what how, they're paid millions to do please well, however do listen listen however <laughs> they cannot overlook any team mm-hmm. we're coming off three losses i expect them to come in and to play hard and i think it's going to be a tough game if this offense is possessing the ball and moving, we've had trouble scoring in the red zone. We're yes. not very highly re- ranked in the red zone. Awful. We're we're 106th ranked in the red zone Awful. because some of it is the coach is afraid to put his field goal kicker out there. We've gone for a lot of fourth and three, fourth oh. and two, and failed to get those. Or he throw fade passes to the six foot receiver in the corner of the in the back of the end zone. You know. But the bottom line, bad. Bryce, the bottom sense. line is we can't overlook any team, and and our biggest we can't be looking ahead because we play Miami after you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Miami and Florida are our two toughest games, just like you play Georgia and whoever else is your rival. Yeah. Miami and Florida. If we lose both those games, we could have a cha- change in coaching. Prime time to be here, for all we know. And what I'm saying is that is huge. But we have to beat Georgia Tech because we got four wins. We want to get to a bowl game. That's number five, Louisiana, which is after Miami uh, or or after Syracuse. That could be number six. But we could lose to Miami. We could lose to Florida. Mm -hmm. And we could lose to uh, Syracuse. You know, we thought Syracuse was going to be a knockover this year. Not so. No, Syracuse is legit. I want to throw this in there before before we wrap it up or go or whatever you guys have. I got a text from the father of a current Georgia Tech player. Okay, oh. he's watching right now. Okay, I'm not going to out him. Well. I'm not going to out him. <laughs> he said, "Tell these guys that Florida State is trash and they're going down." So you oh. got to love the rivalry. <laughs> you got to love it. It's I, it, it's a good one. It's it really. Yeah. I like these matchups historically. Yeah. It's a fun. It it's a fun little rivalry. And, and a lot of these it, kids it. probably know. Like we get a lot of kids from Georgia. You guys have. You know, you guys. Yeah, get we're kids glad from this kid's from Florida. This kid's from okay. Florida. It's not Jeff Sims. It's not Jeff Sims. Yeah. They had no words. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but no, but no. It's it's okay. it's good stuff. Good no, stuff. I, I think it's like price. you said. It's gonna, and that's part of it too. Like Georgia Tech has a lot of lot. I think it, the we the matchup would have been more lopsided if Jeff Collins was still the coach. I think when you fire a coach, yeah. like he says, it brings a lot. Yeah, more it fire brings to energy because the they're yeah. playing for that 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 interim coach. They want to play yeah. for just like when Florida State fired or when Jimbo left and they had Odell and the team came together for the bowl, you know, for the bowl game, stuff like that. So I think that actually brought the team together, makes this team Georgia Tech a lot more dangerous in this matchup mm-hmm. versus the, Jeff, yeah. if Jeff was still around. The biggest thing um, that I saw after the Duke game, which you know we're sitting in there press conference, emotional win. Uh, the first game, you know, Brinkey got to coach at home yeah. for his alma mater. Uh, yes. They win in overtime. And a young cornerback comes out there, a young defensive back comes into the press conference, and he just has a smile on his face. And he's just like, man, we're just having fun. Yeah. And I think that that's mm-hmm. something, one, I don't, you know, don't want to speak any more ill will of Jeff Collins and, the, and what, what has happened than we already have. Yeah. You know, it just yeah. wasn't good. It didn't work out. Let's yeah. don't beat a dead horse. But the fact that this kid just said, you know, we're just having fun playing football games. This is a kid's game. And he went into it a little bit, um, even off the record, and just said, um, you know, it's just just good to have fun again. And I think that speaks volumes. And so when kids are having fun, man, I just – 
it's hard to predict. You don't know what team. I don't think they're the most talented team. Um, I, I'll argue this. I don't think they're going to be the most talented team that walks into the stadium uh, for the re- remainder of the season. Yeah. I, but, you know, that doesn't matter. And, and if no. you come and play and execute, who knows? Who knows what can happen? So it's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Right? And, and, yeah. yeah. And like you said, and just to that point, like you said, in terms of talent doesn't matter in the ACC. You see it with Wake Forest. They don't have the most stars on 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 the roster, but they no. out play. They, they play well together. Exactly. They play well together. That's and what to your point about culture. Culture is everything, whether it be in the business world, in the college world. When you get a guy that kind of when the culture's dead and you bring in somebody else or get rid of them, it does allow people to play free. Speak, you know, mm-hmm. it, it really can turn around productivity, whether it be like I said, corporate or athletics. It, it, so yeah. I think that's a great point. Bryce, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. It's been awesome. it's been fun. It's been entertaining. It's been informative. And Georgia Tech is a great university and it is tough to get into. So, you know, and they've always had a good tradition of football there and we're going to welcome them to Tallahassee. We're going to beat the hell out of you people. (laughs) No, 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 but it's been great. And uh, Bryce, uh, thanks a lot for coming on tonight. It's really uh, made a great program for us. No, I appreciate it as always, guys, and uh, been enjoyed it. And look, there's no better time of the year in the heart of conference play uh, to be talking college football. So it's a, it's a fun thing as always. Thanks so much for having me. Let's Absolutely. stay in touch, buddy. Let's do Absolutely. it. Let's do it. Have a great one, Bryce. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, thanks again for our friend there, Bryce Kuhn of 24-7 Sports and uh, of his hosted show, uh, The Crowded Booth. So be sure yeah, his uh, information is in the banner at the bottom. You can follow him on Twitter. Uh, go and check out his show. Go and check out him on 24-7 and his articles. As you can yeah, tell, his, guy. his Twitter his Twitter is Bryce underscore Coon. Right there. Yeah. Like I yeah. said, right there. Um, follow him. Follow his show. They, like he said, they're going to do a preview show on Friday. Uh, so go and check that out if you want the, you know, the in-depth Georgia Tech perspective on what they're saying about Florida State. Because obviously it'd be a little bit different than what we're talking about here tonight. But I think it was great to get some insight behind oh, the lines great. of Georgia Tech uh, and get his uh, Canada the Raw approach. So uh, really enjoyed having him on the show tonight. I, I thought but what's your thoughts really, on it, KB? Really great what, what he had to say. Thanks again, Bryce, for, for coming on. No, I, I think um I think uh yeah, I, I think it'll be a, an interesting matchup. I think like Bryce brought up. When you when you get you know it's not just it's not dumping on uh, Jeff Collins or anything like that but like I said in the corporate world you you work for some bad but I've worked some for some bad bosses and um or just bosses that didn't fit and when you get rid of that person and that person moves on to someone else it makes a huge difference in the department in the company and and it's no different than athletics when when someone moves out that wasn't a great fit you know the team and the players and you, you feel like you can be yourself again and you feel like, okay, the pressure, you know, and a new guy comes in that you may have liked more. And it's like, okay, guys, let's just get back to the basics again. Like, let's get back to doing what we love, like to do why we're here in the first place. It doesn't matter if that's football or sales or marketing, let's get back to the basics and do this thing. Right. And so that's why I think that makes this Georgia team tech team scary is that they're back to the basics again. They're not trying to overcomplicate it with a coach. Who Simplify. Think, Simplify. Yeah, who thinks his, Simplify. You know, he's going to be fired the next day. Play this guy, football. This this interim coach is playing. He there's no risk, right? He 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 has no. This is his job. Yeah, you know, there's no pressure. There's no, there's pressure. no pressure. When you're down, when you're an underdog at 24 points, there's no. You pressure. come in with no pressure on you. You no pressure That's at all. The scariest team. The, really, That's the pressure is on this Florida State team. Yes, the it, pressure absolutely. is on Florida State to perform well in each game going forward, including this one. And I think What's your the, prediction? What's yeah. your prediction? So I, I think that my prediction is going to be – it is going to be Florida State because I do think I, I do think that we'll try to run the ball. We'll establish a, a, a ground game. They're vulnerable we'll, to that. They're vulnerable. I think we'll be able to establish the run game um, to a certain extent. I think having Fabian 11 back uh, will help with the defense and stopping Jordan Tech's run. To Bryce's point, I think we'll be able to slow down the run game and keep them contained. And I think – Again, to Bryce's point, with Jeff Sims not able to run to his normal mouth, playing on that bad foot, if he plays at all, I think that's going to reduce the potency of the Georgia Tech offense overall. So I'm going to take Florida, uh, Florida State by 20 points. So I'm not. I'm going to take Georgia Tech, Tech with the spread, but I think Florida State wins the game. Yeah, I uh, I agree with a lot what you just said. I think we're going to rush the ball. We've been rushing the ball well all season. Uh, you know, we're getting big yardage there which means possession of the ball yeah. and, and, and that's opens up the pass. 
that that's the you know the play action passing and then you're throwing in Jordan with some runs even if they scramble runs and not design runs I think that's going to overwhelm them I think it's going to wear them down I think Florida State wins this game by at least 18 points in that regard and I think they're going to have a good day on defense uh this offense Jeff Sims I think he'll start the game I think he'll he'll try to tough it out start the game but he'll be very limited Plus, as he gets wrapped up, he's going to get wrapped up at times. That leg always gets caught up in that mess, and that's yeah. gonna that's gonna he'll be out of the game probably by the end of the first quarter, first half at yeah. least. I, I think so. Yeah, if Florida State can establish that line, like I think they will, Fabian in the middle, it's they're going to bring some pressure on him, and they're and they're going to I think they'll bring a little bit more blitz to try to bring him down early in the first half. Right. That Let me just, give you the weather report, fans. Yeah. You're going out go. to the game. You're Here going go. out to the game. There we go. Noon kicks suck. We all know that. That's the shirt. You can pick that up at Garnet and Gold. They're not a sponsor of ours. They want to be a sponsor. Fine. Call us up. Garnet and Gold's going to open at 7 a.m. Oh, that sucks. Okay. You're we're not have sponsored to... by them. I don't know why you're. No, why I don't know. Why not? So what? Listen, and here's another one. If you're in Tallahassee, anybody listening, Georgia Tech, Florida State, whatever, you got to go to Kiki's. I don't know how early they open, but I think they open early, five, six o'clock in the morning. Kiki's, K-E-K-E, great place for breakfast. It'll fill you up. You won't need anything else. Get there early because it gets crowded. It's on West Tennessee Street, okay? So here's the weather. It's going to be a good day for football. It's going to be cloudy, cloudy the whole day. So you won't need too much sunscreen. That's going to be a good thing. Uh, Game time, game time. Uh, between kickoff and the end of the game, it's going to be 70 to 78 degrees and little chance of rain. They probably didn't practice with wet footballs. Now, here's the problem. Rain, heavy chance of rain on Sunday, and a lot of times that weather moves in early. So we could see some rain late in the game, but I don't think so. That's your old man weather report. All right. Well, there you go. And as we said before, great place to go to College Town. Hit up uh, Madison, Madison Social. Social. Yeah. There's a bunch of restaurants down there, but yeah. Madison Social will definitely treat you right if you're going there for brunch or a yeah. little uh, late or early dinner afterwards. So uh, I think that's going to do it for the show. Uh, we gave our predictions. So uh, I'm picking Georgia Tech with the spread, but Florida State overall taking the win. And I think you're you're taking Florida State with the spread, correct? Yep. 24. All right. Great. Well, uh, thanks again, everyone who uh, joined us. And thanks again to Bryce, uh, 24-7 Sports, and uh, for coming by and joining us tonight. Be sure, like we said, to check out his uh, content. Yes. Uh, once again, in the banner below, uh, at the Crowded Booth, his show. And they're doing a preview show on Friday. So thanks again, Bryce, for coming by. Uh, and if you haven't already subscribed, please subscribe to the channel. We really appreciate all the support oh, yeah. you guys give us. Uh, it really means a lot to see uh, new members joining every day, every week. Um, and then if you like audio more, uh, follow us on your favorite podcast network, Spotify, uh, Apple, po- uh, Google Podcasts, whatever it is. Um, I will not be there for the live reaction on Saturday because I'll be at a wedding, unfortunately. Oh. Um, and that's why I'm going down to Raleigh. Uh, but be me. it will be the old man who will give you the live instant reaction after the Georgia Tech game. So be sure to uh, tune in at 3.30-ish. And uh, the old man will give you a breakdown of what happens. Hopefully a win, and it will be short and sweet. So uh, check out that on Saturday. Maybe KD will call in. Who knows? Maybe I won't. Uh, But But, uh, yeah, tune in on Saturday, guys. Thanks again for dropping by. And uh, give this video a like. We appreciate it. Be safe.